Welcome, race fans, to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast with Cam K and Graydon Bunn. True Canadian race fans. This show is presented by Remax Jack. Call Remax Jack and start to pack. Green flag is out. Let's get this podcast underway. Welcome back to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast, everybody. Cam K here, Graydon Bunn. And we've got a brand new special guest this week. It's his first appearance on the show. We're actually doing pretty good for Quickwick Superstock Racers because now we got our second competitor in the Quickwick Superstock Series, driver of the oh, man, the beautiful, beautiful 28 Stewart's APC. Oh, look at that ride right there. Ryan Dyson, welcome to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, watch all your episodes and everything. You guys do a great job, so I'm pretty happy to be here. Awesome. It's Thanks so lot, crazy <laughs> to hear people say that they listen to us. Uh, awesome. Uh, we have to start, too, uh, because um, I was a noob when it came to Delaware Speedway. And thanks to Rogers TV, I was able to watch so much racing at Delaware Speedway this year. You made a change. You entered into the Superstock Series. Um, can we talk about your racing career prior to the super stocks? Where, where, where did it start? She's a pretty short list. Oh, <laughs> I, awesome. uh, <laughs> I, I raced. I mean, I went up to, I think it was Cameron Motorsports Park or Cameron Motorsports, whatever it was called in Hamilton, just did like the arrive and drive go-kart stuff. And then, uh, I mean, I always love racing and stuff. So we I started doing that just for something fun to do. And then I went to university and had no money. So that was that and i wasn't sure if i'd ever ever race or anything and um i think it was about the first year after that my brother and i decided to build a bone stock and uh, we did that for one year and if you name it we broke it on the car without hitting anything we blew a motor up and this and that and we were like what the heck we got ourselves into i'd never even changed a tire and uh <laughs> we just decided to buy everything and go for it and uh we did that. And then once we finally got that car working, I think we got three straight top 10 and our bone stock career. And uh, I decided, okay, this is fun. We're going to keep doing this. I, uh, I don't ever want to be a fan again. So uh, we built a truck over that winter. I think that was the winter of 2018. We built a truck to go, to go race out of Delaware. And then um, that was, that was great right off the get go for us. I think our first night we qualified top five and um, I think it took us, six or seven races to get our first feature victory in that and then we ended up backing it up with another one and then we were planning on running the truck again in 2000 and what was that 2000, i don't know the years blend together now 2020 yeah. i think it, we, we planned on running the truck again so we made it uh, we did pull a whole new body redid a bunch of stuff on it everything we learned we put into it and it was a rocket ship we took it out for practice i want to say twice um and we were like below track record times with it and we were like this is awesome and then COVID and everything shut everything down. So um, Delaware announced that they were closed for the year in 2020. I got a great opportunity to purchase a super stock. So pulled out the old line of credit and uh, <laughs> we, we bought that. And then it was announced that the, I think that year it was called the McCall race and enterprise the super stock series, quick, quick series. I was like the trial run for that series. So, um, as soon as that was announced, I said, uh, we're not going backwards. So I posted the truck for sale. We never even got to race it. it oh. We posted pictures of it and stuff that year and, and it, it looked badass, but we never got to race it. So then we went with the super stock 2020 and then 
we did three races there, a third race. I think we finished third at Jukata, second at Jukata in our third race. And uh, yeah, then last year we went full time and went for to Delaware in the Quick Quick Series. Just if you're going to do it, why not do it, right? Absolutely. Go big or go home. That's right. Let's just explain because, again, for racing people like myself that maybe didn't know about this, what is a bone stock? You pull a car off the street, you strip the guts out of it, you put a cage in it, race in the seat, it's some little things like uh, move the battery, and um, you're allowed little bits of camber, some some stuff here or there, but like you're still on street tires, and it's literally like a bone stock car. Like it's just something for people to get their feet wet, and you do some safety stuff, and you go have fun. So what was the car that you ended up using for your bone stock? Do I have to say? Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to hear. I want to hear. It was a 2004 Dodge Neon. <laughs> Dude, I've watched yes. so Like, those are a stout little race yes. car, honestly. Yeah. Like, they're solid. Like, we didn't build that one. I bought that one because, like I said, we had no idea what we were doing. So, I, I bought that yeah. one race ready. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a Dodge I love Neon. love that. That's, that's what I love about that bone stock series, man. You go around, you see some of these cars that they're running around there and you're like, Oh my God, I, I could literally just pull this right off the road, man. Uh, Pretty much. It's so much fun. And that field, those fields are huge. So when you got in there, did you feel like you guys were going to be successful right off the bat? I had no idea. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, I've done iRacing and stuff forever and people say it's not the same. It's not the same. And, um i felt like some of the experience i brought from that could at least help me know the racecraft and stuff i feel like in that aspect it's useful um obviously it doesn't teach you how to change a ball joint or something but um That's a good point i, I don't know I, I didn't know i didn't we really didn't know what to expect and then you know we went out and practiced a bunch and it was probably the most expensive mistake i've ever made <laughs> <laughs> so could somebody like my co-host here could he do a bone? Could he be racing bone stocks? Oh, for sure. It's uh, it's a, it's honestly, it's a fantastic way for anyone to get involved. It's uh, I don't want to say cheap, but <laughs> about the most inexpensive way you can go racing. I mean, but you got to buy your trailer and your safety gear, but that stuff you have, right? I mean, it's that initial expense. But the bone stock yeah. itself is, I don't know, they're probably three, four, five thousand dollars to build now, which for a race car is fairly inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We Stickers think and about. scuffs racing, eh? Can uh, I don't know, man. Partnership <laughs> with JRD or something that might help. Uh. <laughs> uh, okay, so Ryan, you've you've touched on a couple of things that I want to talk about. One being Jucasa Motor Speedway, and two being i racing. Which um, I think you made a comment on Twitter about if there was a way. I don't even like talking about the day that that track gets wiped off the face of the earth, is there any way that that track can be scanned so that can live on in terms of iRacing? I, I want to talk to you about that as an iRacer and as an actual pavement racer. I'm asking as, as a sort of historian, like uh, my dad, my uncle, albeit it was a different track, but I mean, it was the same footprint. They hung out there. We got to enjoy the few years that it was there. We, it would be so cool to see like some sort of a Canadian Nationals iRace or something like that where you could get a bunch of people together, right? Yeah, I mean, that whole deal's a, a shame, right? And yes. Everyone's talked about it enough. I don't 
I don't have anything more to chime in on that other, I mean, other than just yeah. I mean, it was such game, a sad thing that we've to... all kind of said it, but we could look at it this as maybe making some sort of a a good come out of it, maybe right? Yeah, I mean, it would be awesome. I haven't, I don't even think I've been on iRace in like a year. Honestly, we've been so busy out here, but I'd love to at least get it preserved. I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What track is the oval at Mossport? I know iRace and scanned it. And so really? it, it never got, it never got built or whatever you want to call it on iRacing. It was never saw through and, and made available, but I know they have scans of that track. So if they ever wanted to, they could, you know, make that public and stuff. So it would, it would be awesome for them to at least make the trip and digitally preserve it. I mean, no one knows what's yes. happening. Us. I don't know if it's getting torn down. I don't know if it's just going to sit there. I don't, I don't know, but it would be awesome to, for iRacing to at least get out there. And <laughs> I, I did tweet that tag Dale jr. And, bunch of people and kenny wallace actually liked the tweet so you just got to get some of those people to i don't know somehow some way it would, it would definitely be awesome to to uh, get it digitally preserved i only ever got to race there once in real life and boy i really wish we could go back because we found some instant success there that i that that i guess i'll keep that set up yeah. <laughs> who knows delaware is going to be nice and smooth like jucasa was maybe i can pull something from that next year he transitions so well, doesn't he, Graydon? We don't even need to yes. leave the conversation. <laughs> he goes straight into talking about the renovations at Delaware. We had Jamie Maudsley on um, a couple of weeks ago, and we we definitely wanted- he was wearing my hoodie. Yes, he was. That's yes, right. He, he was, was, he was yeah. repping the Dyson, and I was going to mention it, and then we ran out of time. Um, but yeah, it was. We he talked about, it and he's he's nervous. He's nervous about how it's going to drive. I I've got to ask as somebody that's driven on it. Do you have the same anxiety around potentially being different, especially when we've seen longtime racing fans, we know what happened to Bristol and Bristol's never been the same. It's a since. polarizing thing when you mess with the track. At least they didn't reconfigure Bristol. They reconfigured and that's what ruined it. Delaware. They left it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it needed to be done as much as okay. we didn't want it done or whatever. I mean, it, it needed to be done. Um, it was just, I, I personally feel like it was just a matter of time until the asphalt started breaking up and causing issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it hadn't parts of it. I don't think have been paved since the 60s. So <laughs> oh um, <laughs> yeah, it, it needed to be done. Uh, obviously, as you saw that last race, we ran there, we, we had our ducks all in the line on that old surface and especially off of turn two, I, in my opinion, best, best corner in all the motorsports in Ontario coming up off that hill, the concrete patch and stuff, which the concrete patch is now gone. Um, yes, I'm, I'm very, very nervous. I'm also excited. I think anytime you do something like that, you're going to bring a lot more fans out, a lot more drivers out, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried that our setup book is going to need to be run through the shredder. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I honestly, though, when I said, when I said a few minutes ago about the Jucasa notes and if, if that stuff can translate, I, I honestly think, you know, in terms of springs and shocks and stuff, I, I kind of wonder if it, if it actually might help us. So um, I'm, I'm optimistic, you know, it's in any way you look at it, I think it's for the better. It needed to be done. It's awesome to see that kind of investment put into the track. It's going to be nice not to bottom the chassis out off of turn four, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm very excited, but obviously, you know, there is that little bit of nervousness and a lot of that nervousness I think is for selfish reasons and, and how good that we had that, that figured out in the car towards the end of the season. 
Yeah, he did all right. Uh, like speak to your success. Uh, you knocked down a couple of wins and uh, um, talk about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's still 2021 for a couple of weeks. So I guess this year we uh, <laughs> yeah. we had we had some great success at Delaware. We finished third in points and uh, won rookie of the year. So I think finishing third in points out of that depth of a field and winning rookie of the year in the same year was, uh, yeah. was definitely something that I think we turned a lot of heads and something that we're very proud of. I wish obviously we could have been a couple steps higher and we were oddly enough, we finished 28 points out of the championship with the 28 pairs. So, um, you know, it's, it, you can always look back and go, okay, well this night, if we didn't blow the motor or this night, if we didn't do this, you know, we could have been right there. But uh, the fact that we went into championship night with one of three cars with a mathematical chance at the championship, I think that was pretty, pretty cool. So um, it seemed as though every time we left Delaware this year, it did not go so well. Um, where was the first one? Peterborough. We, uh, we, the practice got rained out and we ended up putting way wrong size tires on. We were cruising around like five, 600 RPM under what we should have been. It was just brutal. We were just riding around and then Flambro, we went that, that was the day after we had our wreck at Delaware. We worked all night overnight to get the car ready. We went there and then blew the motor in practice. Oh, uh, so that sucked. And then uh, Sunset was the first Jeez. race on the new motor. And I guess we didn't get all the air of the lines and stuff. And we ended up overheating um, the brand new motor. Not overheating. It was getting hot. So we stopped. But yeah. we ended up having yeah. some overheating issues at Sunset. No so those to are, quit. Those are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an expensive, uh, expensive thing to push the limits on. So we just, we decided not to. So yeah, those, those are the three times we left Delaware this year and none of them went well. So I'm excited to see the schedule for this year and, see if we can uh, at least put some of the things we learned into uh, into motion next year on tour. Well, that's, it's one of the things that I think became a, a, a must watch. And that was the super stock series. I, I can't explain enough how good the racing was in it. Uh, we got to, we were lucky enough actually, because sunset um, with the Pinty series, we weren't expecting to see the super stocks there, but because I guess that they had been rained out the night before they, they ended up racing that day. And, and it was our first experience seeing them. I can't remember you, you, you were at the one with the Pinty's races. I, no, no, that you, we actually talked with the night before when they announced that it was moved, we almost went up and drove up and used it as a practice for the quick quick race, but we, it just was it, too rushed for us. And I was so disappointed because I was waiting to see, I was like, I was I remember telling this guy, I was like, oh my God, the, the super stocks are gonna see I'm gonna tell you my favorite car when it comes out. And you know, Davenport walks by and he his car comes by, and it's one of my favorites too, right? Davenport's car is beautiful. Deemer's most car is out there, and there's no 28 car. And I was devastated. <laughs> devastated. <laughs> so luckily, Delaware Speedway has weekly racing. Let's talk about that. That you were able to be featured on quote television you had race broadcasts for racing at delaware is that something you've ever experienced before having broadcast of your races no but i remember last year i guess it was two years ago in 2020 when we did go on those three race tour with the alongside with the apc series um it was definitely cool i, I know we had you know fans weren't able to be there at that time and it was definitely cool to be able to like go back and watch the race after. And I remember when we were on the front straightaway at Jukasa getting interviewed, I was, I don't, you got to go back and watch it if you haven't. I, 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 I don't remember it. I honestly don't. Like I was just standing there like, what, like what's going on? Like <laughs> where am <laughs> yeah. I? What's happening? And 
So it was cool to be able to go back and watch it after because I kind of blocked out. I was like, is this happening? Like, you know, we shouldn't be here right now. But <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was it's cool to be able to go back. And it's cool, like, you know, obviously fans or um, lots of family and stuff aren't able to make it to all the races. So, you know, you have your hardcore fans and, and you know, lots of supporters and stuff. And even sponsors. I know lots of our sponsors that couldn't make it to races wanted to be able to watch. And, you know, you, you can definitely show the dollar value there and stuff. And that, that really helps in that aspect, too. Well, you have some great partners on your car and I, I can't believe I get to say this because not, not a lot of uh, other competitors have this, but you are one of our only guests that has a YouTube channel for your team. And you guys pro you, almost, it's like a blog. You blog your progress, you blog your weekends. That's an amazing way to showcase your race your showcase, your, your sponsors. And it doesn't seem like that's something a lot of teams are doing. Yeah. Who awesome. came up with this idea to do that? We, uh, we like the uh, hunt the front guys on YouTube. They're down in the States and uh, they do a similar thing with their vlog and stuff. And um, they've gotten huge. I think they just hit a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, which, you know, we, we kind of wanted to base a little bit of our stuff off of that. And, you know, I'll give them the credit for that. And, you know, we wanted to bring some more of the stuff, um i we've done a lot of stuff um in the past like i i work in that industry and stuff too so it just mm -hmm. naturally makes sense for us to be able to to do that kind of stuff and then we we, we tested it. we're like okay let's do this we had the idea we wanted to do it a couple of years ago we just never did and then when we finally started doing it some of the sponsors and stuff started noticing so now it's a thing that i have to keep doing <laughs> <laughs> do you enjoy doing it oh yeah i mean yeah. a lot of people and this isn't anyone's fault. This isn't a jab in any way. This is just a lot of people have absolutely no idea what it takes to make a program work and to be able to even just get to the track every week. And last year, or no, it's still this year. <laughs> we, uh, we raced every single weekend from July 2nd to September 26th. We did not, we, I think we have nice. one off week. Nice. Um, but when you're racing that much, there is no off week. We use that off week to pull some stuff apart and check some stuff. So we raced every right. single week. And that takes a massive toll and it takes a lot of money and a lot of financials and a lot of things to make that happen. So I like being able to show that side of stuff. Um, obviously it doesn't matter what we do, the at track stuff, the in-car cameras, all that gets more views. Um, you know, I've kind of spaced it a little bit this winter, not showing too much. Um, we're really starting to get back in here and work on the body and we built a new pit cart and there's some of that stuff that I'm trying to show off now, but I just more so I like showing people, what it takes and like it's you know it's it's a good 40 50 awesome. 60 hour a week job to just race at this level so it's cool to be able to show people that and that all touches on like how the animal of selling yourself standing out uh in in your talent pool um all that marketing and that sort of thing but like you have to have a pretty solid work ethic. Like you're out there right now taking some time to talk to us, but you're wrenching on the car and you're also talking about doing YouTube stuff. I mean, that's what being a 2021 racer is. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of different media avenues and the world's a different place now than, you know, when Alan Quickie did it. So yeah. You got to utilize everything that you have in your pocket. You got to utilize everything you can to make sure that your sponsors are happy. And this is definitely one of the things that we're able to do. So um, definitely want really to be able to cool, continue man. to do it. 
What's that? Yeah. It's really cool. That's really neat. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that has been kind of a big point of topic for NASCAR fans this year is where's our drive to survive, right? It's so big with Formula One. A lot of people love that behind the scenes action. And I think Grain and I have kind of been from that. We've been campaigning for that type of stuff here because it is, you know, we're hopefully going to be able to do some shop tours in the, in the future. And that is something that we want to, again, showcase because people don't realize how big, like you said, of a job it is. And, and as a super stock mm-hmm. team, like you're showcasing, okay, we, we just spent all this money and we're going out to the track and then something happens on lot number one and it, it ruined, it, it's ruined us. And at Delaware, that happens quite often, right? There's some, <laughs> there's some moves that people make and you just go, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. And you guys actually show, okay, well, this is the damage that it caused. And now we've got to do this, 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 and this to get ready for next week. Or in your case earlier, you got, you guys had to get ready for the next day. And that's, yeah, that's not, right. that's not something that these big giant expense, you know, these, these race teams that have money out the wazoo that they can just, Oh yeah, well, well, let's just get this other car. We'll just get one of our 30 backup cars and we'll just take, take that to the racetrack. No, you guys got to work on the same piece. And yeah. especially in the quick, quick and uh, the super stock series, there can be a lot of carnage as well. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it this year. You have a lot of competitors in that series that you have to face off with. And most of the, I feel like a lot of them actually do compete weekly at Delaware too. So let's talk about those competitors on the racetrack that you have to deal with week in and week out. Um, I'm going to start with the obvious choice here. And that's the driver of the number one, Trevor Culver. Uh, is there a possible way that you guys can stop him aside from just, you know, um, voodooing his car? Cause I mean, I feel like, yeah, he had an off season this year. But it, it almost didn't feel like an offseason because he still runs up front every week. Yeah, no, he's he's been in the Super Stock Series for a while and he's definitely got his stuff figured out. And I feel like we definitely closed that gap at the end of the year. Um, you know, Trevor's always yeah. always been our, you know, we got to beat him. That's, you know, he's the one that you strive for uh, in Delaware, at least. I mean, Zardo obviously had the tour figured out and stuff. Yes. But <laughs> in terms of Delaware, Trevor, I, I feel like we bridged that gap a little bit. Um, our championship night at Delaware, you know, we were all over the back bumper and stuff. And um, I, I feel like we were right there. I'm not, you got to pass them. I mean, it's one thing to be there. It's one thing to pass them, but we were right there, same speed. Um, so that was, that was a good night. And then obviously the quick, quick, the final championship at Delaware. Um, I, it's not a cocky thing. I, we were the fastest car there. So um, I think that we've, definitely bridge that gap a little bit and as people start to figure stuff out but then at the same time as hard as we're working this winter and building stuff and updating stuff you know that they're doing the exact same thing so um there's always going to be the push to try and, and catch people and, and i would definitely say for us trevor is the one that we strive to try and keep up with and if not you know get ahead of because i, I think you know this year he definitely had a championship caliber season and a couple of things took him out and Andrew Ferreira had a championship caliber season without a few things happening. So <laughs> I'll <the> say, <laughs> and then you've got to beat that pesky 36 when you go to all the other races. And yeah. I mean, Lane, Lane knows how to win in that 36. And it, it's, it seems as if that there is, there's kind of the, you know, the top guys, but 
does it not feel like you race in it on a weekly basis that anybody could potentially win races? Uh, you have a pretty stacked field. Yeah. I mean, at Delaware, we were averaging like 18 to 22 cars or something every single Friday night. And I feel like Love half it. of them could win. And that's, that's, that's great for competition. That's great for getting more cars out. That's great for the fans. That's, that's great for everybody. And I think that next year it's going to be even more. I mean, I, I don't, this is just a complete guess, but I expect there to be, you know, 25 plus super stocks on a weekly basis at Delaware next year. It just seems to be the series that everybody wants to go to. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're basic. They're, basically an affordable ish late model now i mean mm-hmm. we don't have steering racks or anything like that but they're they're almost the way that a limited late model started i mean it's it's when i say affordable i mean like you guys know what i'm saying it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a late model competition relatively series. speaking yes. yeah it, it's got the competition of a late model series and it's you know the same quality of racing and stuff you're the second, second and a half slower, but the competition level is there, if not even better. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, this year you saw a lot of guys migrate and, and you saw the racing competition was through the roof. So, well, it's, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. That's the thing that like the hunger there, like you say, like maybe the, the pace is a, a second or second and a half off, but I mean, the, the hunger in the competition is probably amped up past. <laughs> they're all wanting yeah. to, to dig hard and, and put on a show for sure. We're going to um, go on a little walk here, guys. I apologize. My phone's dying and I want to keep talking to you. So we're going to go on a little <laughs> walk and then I'll walk back to the garage. Well, we're getting close here. Um, yeah. You recently uh, um, announced you're, you've re up for, you got some partnerships uh, uh, happening for 2022, right, Ryan? Yeah, of course. Um, sorry, it's going to get dark here. I didn't plan on yeah. my phone going away this quick. I apologize, but uh, yeah, we uh, we brought Douglas Window and Door Inc. back on board, and they're a primary partner. And I can't thank them and, and Chris George and everyone at Douglas Window and Door enough for what they do for our racing program. And uh, yeah, to have them back on board, to have them back so early, it's uh, it's awesome to to be able to announce sponsors as fast as we are. And uh, I uh, we've announced. Douglas Window and Door Inc., uh, Doxeta Property Maintenance. Actually, they messaged me right after the first race, or sorry, the last race, and we're like, you know, we want to we wanna do more next year. We love what you're doing. We love the touring aspect. We love everything like that and how proud they were of the season we had and stuff. So um, it was pretty cool to have sponsors reach out to us before we even got a chance to reach out to them. Nice. And uh, so they're, uh, they're going to have a little bit more of a prominent role on the car this year. And, uh, you know, obviously APC Auto Parts Centers has been one of our flagship partners since we started racing. And uh, they're back with us next year. Epic Racewear is back with us again next year. Um, we have so, so many partners. And uh, I, uh, this program doesn't work without them, if I can tell you that much. I, uh, I don't have that deep a pocket. <laughs> so I, I can't thank all of them enough for even allowing us to show up to the racetrack. Um, I was hinting, talking to you guys a little bit before we went on the air there, that uh, the car is going to look a little different next year. And uh, the only hint I'll give you is Douglas window and door. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Nice. So it's it's going to be windows on wheels, then, isn't it? It's just going to be two doors and two windows with wheels on them. 
It'll be smooth yeah, really as glass. Stuff. Smooth as glass. There you go. There you go. Smooth glass. I might have to use that. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. It's a tagline right there. Just credit uh, Graydon Bun right there. But it's interesting because you you mentioned about the, this, you know, that it's, it's, it is a relatively um, – it's cheaper than, than other forms of racing. And you get names like Doug Stewart and Pete Vanderwist that are coming in to race super stocks. It, mm-hmm. that just doesn't happen. You don't just get veterans coming to race because it's just, you know, that they're, they, they want to go racing again. It's also because it's a viable option and you have yeah. names, legendary names like that competing weekly in your racing series. you got names like Kevin Trevlin who will race anything as long as it's got wheels on it and will hell he'll race in a Walmart parking lot. If it's available for him, you know, it, it just, it has such a good build of young racers coming up and veteran racers that your Davenport's your Frank Davies that'll come around, run it no matter what, but where does Ryan Dyson see JRD motorsports going in the future? Loaded question. I don't know. I, uh, you know, we, we've gone through the ranks and everything pretty fast. I think we're going to sit here for, you know, another season at least, obviously. Um, I, I feel as though with the right steps and we're just a few pieces of the puzzle away from making a championship run at Delaware. And uh, with the experience we gained at the other tracks this year, I mean, the competition level is insane. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I hope to have a championship run on tour, but, you know, if, if, if the right pieces fall the right way and we, we, continue to advance as fast as I think we are. I would like to make a little bit closer of a championship run on tour this year. And uh, everyone wants to get to a late model. Everyone wants to get to the NASCAR Pinty series. Everyone wants to, you know, continue up the ranks and stuff. But um, I think we found a great home in, in the Superstock series for, for, you know, this will be, I guess this, we're going into our third season in the Superstock. Technically we ran three races in 2020, the full season in 2021, and then 2022 will be our third season. So I'm just excited to see how that goes. And, yeah, I mean, one day I would I would love to be in a late model. I'd love to, you know, one day get to the NASCAR Pinty Series or something. I think that would be awesome. And um, the sky is the limit. You can dream as much as you want. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, we're, I'm happy with where we are and I'm happy with the progress we've made. But obviously, one day I'd like to continue to move up and I'd love to love to keep going up the ranks. Well, man, I mean, like you say, you're you've you've kind of been trial by fire you're you're moving up the ranks and 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 building and fixing and racing these cars uh and learning as you go so i mean putting some roots down and and building a fan base and and building build just building on what you guys are doing there there's nothing wrong with that and it'll be cool to see how it all turns out for you yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously things like this and talking to you guys help and, and, you know, just exposure and, and making everything feel worthwhile and making us feel like we're doing a good job. And, and you know, it just it pushes you to want to do more. It pushes you to want to be better. And, and I, uh, I really, I wish we would have got a feature win this year. I, I, that was, our goal was to win rookie of the year at Delaware and, and to make all the races because if you make all the races, I mean, you put yourself in a legitimate chance at, at you know, success. So that was yep. our goal this season. I think we ex- exceeded those expectations. We've got a heat race win at Delaware in the past heat. Yep. Um, I, I think the last two or three races, we very easily could have won. 
Um, I think the last race, the, the quick, quick race at Delaware, we should have won, um, which I, I think is, is a great building point over the winter. And, and it's just, it's made us more hungry than ever. And we're putting a lot of work in. We're still, we're out here two, three, four nights a week and, you know, six, eight, 10 hours on weekends, just trying to find stuff, pulling stuff apart. Um, we built a new pit cart so that we can be more prepared. Um, that night that we overheated the motor at sunset on tour, um, we came down pit road under a caution. It was a lengthy caution. We were able to get the motor cooled down a bit. We went to refire the car and the battery was dead. So we ended up having to wait 10 laps to get a push from the push truck. We went 10 laps down. So when we built the pit cart, we went out, we bought another battery. We're going to keep it in there. We did some stuff like quick connects on the battery and everything so that in that situation, we might only lose one or two laps. And if yeah. we would have only lost one or two laps, we might have finished five or six positions better. So there's just one example of some of the little things you can do. And, and you know, when you're talking five or six points, that can make a big difference. We saw it was less than that to decide the championship. This yes, week. it was. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just stuff That's like awesome. that. That's awesome. We're thinking about. Yeah. I love the, I love hearing this. It's it's awesome. Yeah. You know, to have just to hear somebody with that any motivation. little thing you can yeah. do to save any lap, like like it, it all comes down to those single number points. I mean, it's cool hearing those stories, man. The you're you're out there doing that stuff yourself to like physically like save the time down the road. And you've never heard of somebody being in trouble because they overprepared. Right. You can be underprepared and be screwed, but which I can give you an example of that too. <laughs> well, there we go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, I'll tell you the, the day that we at Flame Bro, um, the day that we ended up blowing the motor, it didn't like shoot a rod through the bottom or anything. So we weren't sure that we did blow the motor. It just kept overheating really fast. And, and, you know, we were having troubles getting the car started and there was just, there's a few signs, but we ended up, you know, working all day for right from the tech. We pulled into the track late cause we worked all night. We pulled into the track, pulled the car out, went to get some motor heat and stuff in it and it wouldn't fire. And we're like, Oh great, here we go. And um, we finally got a fire and it sounded like it was missing. And so anyways, we ended up having a bunch of people. I'd go down the list of all the teams that, that helped us. Um, you know, Jim Nagy, Carson Nagy, all them, they were parked beside us and I, they spent more time on our car than they did their car that day, just trying to help us get out. And I was running down the pits, McAllister ended up giving me a distributor cap and, coil and we tried all this different stuff and i was running down the pits like a lunatic trying to find parts because we just we weren't it's the first time we'd ever had something like that and i'll tell you mm -hmm. i'm gonna spend some money this winter and buy some spare parts and put them in the new pit car because i don't ever want to feel that helpless again and i don't want to feel that like inexperienced is the only word that really probably makes sense i don't, I don't want to feel like that again i want to feel like a nuisance to other teams and i want to be that guy that has the parts in the pit car that if someone needs something i can say yeah sure here you go get you know go fix the car so there's an experience. There's an example of the opposite where we, we weren't yeah. prepared. So. I, I wonder where you'll get some auto parts. <laughs> I wonder. I that's the thing, though. Like auto parts centers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those guys, every one of those guys, that list you're talking about, they'd rather beat your ass fair and square or you yeah. beat them fair and square on the track than to see you sit in the garage and watch them rolling past you. Racing's probably the only sport like that where you, you may want to make That's sure true. you get your competition out there to the best of their ability so that when you beat them, you know that you, you know, you beat them fair and square and it wasn't by fruition yeah. like that. It's probably the only sport that I can think of that's really like that. Yeah, it's like the heavyweight title defender training the contender to like kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I almost feel like we got some some T-shirt quotes right there. That was pretty good stuff, Ryan. Uh, we want to thank you for coming on. I'm telling you, man, marketing gold is right here. We're just we're just giving you the stuff to put on the, yeah. uh, the T-shirts, right? Um, but uh, <laughs> the the Chrome was my favorite decision that you guys made on the car. Um, I will live, I will die on the hill with I Chrome wheels are the sexiest thing yeah. on a race car. I don't Cam's care. Chrome hill. I friggin love chrome wheels. So piece of resistance. And then the APC blue on there makes it, or the Stewart's blue, basically blue everywhere. The blue and black, nice combination. I love it. Um, we want to thank you for coming on, but you have a lot of social media that's for JRD Motorsports. So let's get that out there so people can follow you and follow your story. First off, I'll tell you that the car won't be black next year. Oh, forget it. It's over. I'm not watching it. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Polka dots it's, in yellow. It sounds uh, pretty good. Oh, it's, it's going to look pretty sharp. The designs uh, are pretty excited about it. It won't cool. be that blue either. But the, okay, I've said enough. I've said enough. All righty. <laughs> I agree with the chrome wheels thing, though. We ended up using chrome wheels on tour and black wheels at our home track. And uh, I think I might do that again next year. I might see if I can buy some more chrome. But anyways, uh, just JRD ship them to me if you don't want that's where you can find all our stuff, all our social media links on there. Rather than me rhyming off all our social media, go check us out on there. JRDMotorsports.ca. There's lots of links to all of our social media and everything on there. And uh, we have some cool stuff. I, we constantly mm. add stuff to the website or schedule our results, you know, paint schemes throughout the years. We got lots of stuff on there. So um, you can find, find us there. And I think we got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, obviously YouTube with the vlog. If you go to the vlog and watch it, please hit the subscribe button. I want to see if we can get to 200 likes before the uh, 200 subscribers before the season or even more. I think in our last video, I said, if we get to 250 before the season, we'll do a, a big giveaway of sorts. So, um, cool. yeah, there's lots of places to follow us, lots of places to see what we're doing. And we try to constantly post content even over the winter. <laughs> Sounds nice. Great. Yeah. It's, it's a great website. I mean, I just for a bit of the show prep and it's, it's, it's a really nice website folks. So definitely go check Ryan out. And definitely leave a subscribe for him. Uh, while you're at it, why not subscribe to Stickers and Scuffs if you haven't already? Uh, you know, we would like to get to 200 too and beat Ryan. That would be great. Uh, the race is on. Let's do it. Ah, let's do it. Our YouTube race right to right to the end there. We were close, man. We got 19 to go, but uh, we go. We always want to make sure that we get more subscribers for everybody and more people into the racing scene and get more companies. You know, hell. Just looking around the rooms here, why not get a Kellogg's on the 28? I mean, that would be kind of cool, right? Just any opportunity would be awesome. Make sure you guys go and check out Ryan Dyson. If not online, check him out the track next year. Definitely get a look on that number 28. Rocking up the standings and the results at Delaware Speedway and maybe across Ontario as well for the QuickBook Superstocks. Ryan Dyson, thank you so much for coming on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can uh, do it again sometime. It's, uh, it's been fun. We can sit here and talk all night. <laughs> we really could. And we have, uh, we'll definitely yeah. uh, do it and, and we'll definitely make sure we get to do it at the track next year as well. Yeah, for sure. Thanks guys.